Welcome to Interviews by the Smart Chiropractor. This show is where Dr. Jason Deitch and myself, Jeff Langmade, give you a front row seat to our conversations with the current influencers, future leaders, and fantastic people involved in our profession. Hey, Smart Chiropractors, welcome to the show and today's featured guest today, myself, Dr. Jeff Langman, and my co-host, Dr. Jason Deitch, have the opportunity to sit down with the cash-based chiropractor, Dr. Carl Baird. Carl, thanks for coming on and chatting with us today. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Well, you and I were talking a little bit pre-roll. You mentioned a lot of heartache and struggle early on as a cash-based doc, things that you've learned that many young docs can avoid. I want to peel it back to the beginning of that conversation. How was your decision-making process to be cash versus insurance? Was it from the get-go or was it a transition for you? Yeah, so for me, it was from the get-go. So I guess my background, my mom was a medical doctor. She went back to school uh, when I was like eight years old. So it wasn't like she was a doctor and then I was born. Like I saw the process of her going to school you know, four years of school, three years of residency, like she was kind of never home um, and saw her starting her practice in the in the MD world. Um, and she ended up leaving after 10 years, um, you know, and putting all that time and effort in because of how the system is run through hospitals and insurance companies. And I just saw her get so fed up with both the hospital system and the insurance system that it was just kind of, I mean, when I was in chiropractic school, I was, I just decided, you know, like the insurance is not something that I want to have to deal with in terms of telling me what's best for the patient, what I can and can't do, what the patient needs. Um, you know, even in the MD world, she just had no control over what she wanted to do um, with her patients. And she was in geriatrics. So these people have, you know, a laundry list of of problems. And it was five minute appointment. If, it, if they had high blood pressure, it was like this medication, this, you know, and so um, again, she just didn't have any control, realized that, you know, that's not what she got into medicine for. So then she went out and started her own practice that was all cash based. And it was, it was a success for her. <laughs> so that, that started for me. Yeah. That's how you got introduced to it. Maybe I guess share with our audience, I guess, the challenges of an insurance-based practice versus a cash-based practice. And then um, I, I just, I'll ask you to sort of dovetail that into, I'm on your website, Performance Healthcare PDX, you're in Portland, Oregon. Um, help us understand sort of you are specializing in adults 40 and over. Um, yep. And one of the things we like to highlight is when doctors know their audience, they know who it is. They know spe more specifically, they know who their audience is. Uh, and that's not anyone with a spine and a wallet, uh, but a specific target audience. Help us understand, I guess, sort of how you took this journey, cash, how you chose your target audience and what you do to really connect with that audience specifically. Yeah, so that's what I mean. I'm putting this presentation together for the FTCA and it was like, well, what's the difference between building a business and insurance world versus a cash world? Um, you know, insurance and cash, it's important to have your target audience because that's going to dictate how you market, how you communicate with those people. Um, but for a cash base specifically, the two things that I kind of instruct younger chiropractors to do is the patients have to, one, they have to be willing to pay cash. And what I mean by that is that they have to have a problem that is big enough that they're willing to invest some money into fix 
And what you'll find is if your target market is a 20 year old who slept funny on their neck um, and just want a quick pop, um, that's not gonna be somebody who's necessarily willing. Whereas somebody who's over 40, who's had back pain for five years on and off and has tried chiropractic and tried physical therapy. And now like their doctor's recommending surgery, that's somebody who is going to be willing to look into a cash-based uh, practice or paying out of pocket for chiropractic. Um, and then the other thing is being able. So uh, the unfortunate reality is, you know, um, they have to be able to pay out of pocket. So they have to be people that have a disposable income. And usually by the time they're 40s and 50s, they've been in a career um, long enough that they have some money that they they can invest. And so when I was looking at my target market, um, that's what I was looking for. If people who are willing and people who are able to go out of pocket to invest in their health. Well, and one of the things that Jason, I want to follow up on a question that Jason asked, and you do a great job, what I can see of what we would call teaching and inviting, teach and invite consistently as an opportunity to generate conversation with people and then generate business into your into your practice. And we think that's a very smart way to go. I know that you focused on producing educational content and really tailoring that into your email follow-up. We are huge proponents of email with the Cairo emails within the smart chiropractor. And we also know that most chiropractors underperform in the email realm about they leave 99.9% of the stake on the table. What's been your experience with building content that drives to email? Why did you choose to go that way? And how do you approach it today? Yeah, so I mean, the main thing, again, when you're trying to get people to pay or out of network chiropractic is building a relationship. That's going to be the most important thing is that if somebody trusts you and has confidence that you can fix their problem, so you understand their problem and they feel confident that you can fix their problem, they're more than happy to go out of network. Um, but you got to realize that that trust and that confidence isn't built in one phone call or in one specific Facebook ad, that it takes time to build that confidence. And one of the ways that you can help people trust that you know what you're talking about is one, providing them free information, free helpful information. And that goes back to understanding your target market. Um, if you understand what type of questions they have and you can provide an answer to those questions for free, they're more likely to trust like, hey, this guy understands who, who I am. So a lot of my emails just talk about specific people that I've helped and the odds are that somebody else has that same problem. And if they can see themselves in this story, um, they're going to be more likely to trust you. Um, and then again, just educational content, they can see that I'm providing value before they've talked to me on the phone, before they've stepped into the clinic so that when they do eventually come into the clinic, I'm not some stranger that they've never heard from before. I'm somebody that um, whether it's email or whether it's a phone call, um, they've they've heard from me and already have. A, if they're in the clinic, the odds that they that they're going to say yes to a plan of care are a lot higher because they've heard from me through email so many times. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess how it works. I, if you go to the website, there's there's free reports or free downloads that that they can get. Um, and again, most people kind of searching online, um, maybe aren't ready to book, but they just want some free information. And I guess I view that as, you know, that's somebody like raising their hand saying, Hey, <laughs> Hey, I got a problem. I'm not quite ready to talk to anybody about it. Um, and then, yeah, you can 
automate these emails. So they sign up and then they get an automation of seven emails, which is kind of seven questions that I found that people ask about uh, back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain. So it does take a little bit of work because you got to build out these automations and make it specific so that you're speaking to that person. But once that kind of background is set up, it just it just runs on autopilot. And by the time I actually talk to the person on the phone, they've already heard from me six or seven times um, that they are more likely to open up and more likely to be interested in coming in for the next step, which would be the kind of discovery visit in the clinic. I think that's awesome. If I hear what you're saying correctly, uh, you've got a variety of different ways that people basically get to your website where they opt in or put in their name and email address in exchange for some free information. You follow up with automated emails. You're not sitting and writing one email at a time necessarily. You've thought through a strategy. Help. Uh, so, so I got that right. I just want to make sure people understand what email automations are and so on. Um, for those curious to understand more about what you're talking about, how do you sort of measure whether it's working? Do, do people reply to those emails and go, oh, thank you for that uh, question. I was thinking that. Can I make an appointment? Or uh, do they talk about it when they come on in? I learned so much about your emails when you sent them. Thank you. Or how do you know kind of what's resonating, what's not? Uh, and how much value or how much it's contributing to people's decision-making process versus not? Yeah, it's it's hard to measure quantitatively like how each email is doing. I mean, you can check the open rates and see who's reading them. Um, but there's other stats in the clinic that you can keep like a conversion, a conversion rate. So if somebody's coming in for the discovery visit and then they're going ahead to the next step, which is the exam, and that is a high percentage, you have an idea that, you know, something that you're doing before that discovery visit is working, which in our case is, is the emails. Um, whereas, you know, if that number starts to drop where people are coming in for the discovery visit, but then they're not going into the exam, you start asking yourself, well, what, what's the problem? Is it something I'm saying in the discovery visit or is it something like along the way, they just don't trust me to, to fix their problem yet. And if they don't trust me, what can I do to, to build that trust? And so, yeah, I mean, that's what the, you know, the emails, it's not something they're meant to be valuable. And a lot of thought went into them. Um, they're not just, oh, just write any sort of email. And so they see your name, like it has to be something that people find valuable or some, or it relates to them and something that where they can see themselves in the story. Um, so that's important. I guess that's important too, that the content you put together has to be relevant and it has to be helpful. Um, it's not just creating, you know, seven follow-up emails to create seven follow-up emails. <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm going to to follow up with Carl. Have have you done an analysis of those people that come in and have seen your email campaigns and the percentage that go on to exams from discovery versus those that haven't? And can you see a a clear difference in the two? You know, I I haven't broken it down that that specifically. Um, Just curious. Yeah, no. That's what numbers are hard for me. I'm not really a numbers guy. So it's a little little difference though. I mean, can can you typically tell that somebody comes in and they're leaning in and they're, they're, they have a sense of what's up. They, like you said, they feel like they know you because in a way they've had, they've received emails from you. You you know, they feel a connection versus, you know, people that may have. The converse, the initial conversation, when you get them on the phone, you can tell is a lot, 
is a lot easier from somebody who's kind of heard from you because when they pick up the phone, they're like, oh, Dr. Carl Baird versus who the hell is this? You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been very helpful. I mean, I, I have one guy, he's never been into the office, but he responds to every email that I send out. His name's Ed. And he's like, <laughs> I don't know how he got on the list, but me and Ed have a great relationship and he's never been in. And who knows, maybe in three months, he'll he'll come in and be a paying patient. But I just think it's just funny. Any email, it's like, oh, Ed responded within 30 minutes. Hey, Ed. That's- he might just be referring everybody else. Maybe he's under 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's waiting. He's waiting to turn 40. That's a great, that's a great point. And, and on that, I'm looking at your website and I'd love to talk a little bit about that copywriting and positioning. One thing that I notice is, you know, I'm looking at the headline of your website, the hero image. Everything ties together to exactly that patient avatar that you are going after. And many docs out there, I feel like, get nervous because they don't want to restrict themselves, quote, yeah, right. air quotes here, to only yeah. taking care of one person. And it's the old story, almost like marketing. If you're marketing to everybody, you're marketing to nobody, right? Right. How- how did you overcome that mental challenge? I think everybody does experience that at a certain point in time. Gosh, am I being too tight with how my descriptions are? What right. was your process for doing that? And potentially what was a, what's a tip or two you'd offer somebody who knows they should get a little more clean and tight with their messaging, but hasn't got over the hump, mental hump to do so yet? Yeah, and that's what I, I do think there is a balance to it. I think that you can kind of hyper niche yourself. You know, I see, especially a lot of the younger chiropractors that I see, you know, they want to, they're all into CrossFit and they want to do like, you know, the I'm a barbell chiropractor and I teach people how to lift heavy and lift heavy weights and they want to work with these like power athletes. And, you know, that's, I guess, a good niche, but there's a lot less power lifters than there are 40 and 50 year olds with back pain that if you're going to hyper niche yourself like that, you better be, you know, one, really good at it. And two, charging a lot of money because you're like the person. Um, Whereas if you, you can narrow it down. That's why I say 40 plus, right. It's, it's uh, anybody over 40 and then there's specific goals. And that's another thing to keep in mind. My, that USB that's on my website, that's changed a few times. um, And before I finally settle on that, and that's the one that's been working because I was kind of listening to what clients would say in terms of what their major concerns are. And one of the things I noticed when I was having these conversations with clients is that maintaining their lifestyle, um, you know, I'm 40, but I feel like I'm 60. I'm, you know, I'm worried. It's not necessarily to the point where it's debilitating me, but I'm worried that it will be in five years if it continues to get worse. And so after I kind of heard that, that's when I added the, um, maintain your your lifestyle as you get older because in my people that were coming into my clinic uh that was something that you could tell uh was it was a big concern and i think of that whole like message that was the one that resonated um and again it's it's not something that's super specific i think that can relate to a lot of people um not even people who are over 40 i have friends in their 30s who are already starting to get that get that thought in their head I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I'd be very curious to just keep that part of that conversation going. Uh, how does that relate to your business model? Obviously, you're talking about cash base. For those that may not know, you do, I'm assuming, take credit cards and checks. It doesn't have to be green paper, et cetera, yeah. but it's pay out of pocket directly. Um, 
how, how do people think about it? They come in for pain, they stick around for ongoing, you know, maintenance care. Or what, do you, what do you call it? And how do you charge for it? Do you have membership programs or is it per visit or? How, yeah, how you, so that's, again, thing, like when you're starting a business to have in mind, it's like, what's the customer journey? So they come in for the exam and then after the exam, you can recommend your your plan of care. But then again, if, if you've established trust, you've established a relationship, a lot of people want to want to continue on. They don't just want to, you know, end it and then be done. So having some sort of maintenance plan is really important um, for continual cash flow. I have, you know, probably 20 people that I know whenever their, their maintenance plan is up, they're just going to, they're going to resign. So I just have that guaranteed income um, kind of every two months. Um, and yeah, so what we do, I mean, it's, it's having services. One of the best things I did was hire a massage therapist. People love massage and it's a great addition into chiropractic. People are used to paying, I think, cash for massage a little bit more. Um, so they're happy with that. The other one that I do specifically, I focus a lot on on strength training, te- teaching people how to move and, and build strength. So then I have a personal trainer that that I work with in the clinic here. And so once they finish playing with me, we've got them out of pain, but they want to continue to build strength because you know strength building strength is an ongoing process. You don't do it in just two months and then you're and then you're good. Um, we refer them we refer them to the the personal trainer. And then, yeah, we have memberships. So it's kind of like, well, if you wanted a massage, a chiropractic and a personal training a month, once a month, like here's like our membership option for you. So yeah, we do have ways to keep people in the clinic. And then again, going back to the email, going back to the email list, we'll do, we'll do deals on massage and personal training. So I usually pick one a month, whether it's massage or personal training, it's like, Hey, buy, buy 12 personal training sessions and only pay for 10. Um, and again, the size of your email list, if you have 100 and five people sign up for that, uh, you know, that's an extra couple grand in your pocket. And that's why that's another real good benefit of the email list, not only in getting new patients into your clinic, but selling these kind of add on on services by just doing a deal. And sometimes, if, yeah, at the end of the month, if I want to make a little extra money, I'll do a flash sale. Hey, buy five massages, only pay for four and you get, you know, a couple hundred bucks at the end of the month. Um, but that wouldn't be possible if you didn't have an email list and the bigger your email list, it's a numbers game, right? It's the bigger your email list. If only if 5% of people respond to your email, if you have a hundred, you'll get five. If you have a thousand, you'll get 50. And so, um, again, just the importance of building a email list and making a successful business there. That is a, that is a great point and a perfect place to wrap our conversation. We got to get you a copy of our book, The Payday Practice, which is all about memberships and subscriptions. Love to have your feedback on that. Three key points that I heard, Carl, that I think are really, really important. I want to make sure every doc out there listening understood. Number one, targeting a specific patient avatar and understanding what that is, getting it to be the right size is an art and a science and super important. Number two, email is a critical component and a missed opportunity in so many docs practices. Number three, memberships and subscriptions can build crazy stability into your practice. Before we wrap up, docs that want to learn more about what you do and how you can help them on building a cash-based practice, we'll drop the links down below, but shout them out real quick. Where can docs learn more? Yeah. So another business I run, it's called the Cash-Based Chiropractor, and it's just a coaching business to help chiropractors, especially the newer chiropractors right out of school 
get started into the cash space world. Um, you know, I have one program, it's the cash base starter program, which is designed to just help you build that foundation. And then one that matches your treatment style, but then you can grow off of, off of that. Um, it's, it's things that, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. The first three or four years were a struggle because I didn't hire anybody to, to help me figure it out. It was kind of all, I'll figure it out on my own. Uh, and then after three or four years, I realized, well, you know, I need some help with this. So the programs and the coaching, it's all designed to save you time, stress and money so that you can be successful a lot faster than I was. Um, and again, you just work directly with me. I have a workbook that we go through. Um, and again, it's, it's helping you think through it. So it's not just rebuild my practice. It's like, let's build the practice that's going to work for you with these principles. Very well said. We'll drop those links down below. Docs, listening and watching, if you're interested in learning more about having a cash-based practice or reinforcing the cash-based portion of your practice, going to recommend you reach out to Carl. We'll drop those links down below. Check them out. Communicate with them. Thank you for joining us today. And Carl, thank you so much for coming on and, and chatting. It has been uh, awesome to connect with you. I know we've been going back and forth uh, on in the internet. Great to see you and chat. And thanks for delivering a bunch of value to everybody, including ourselves today. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to interviews by the smart chiropractor. Join us again next week for another episode and leave us a review when you have a moment. This episode has been brought to you by the smart chiropractor. The smart chiropractor can deliver more new patients, better retention and more consistent reactivations to your practice without spending any money on paid advertising. Learn more and get started today at the smart chiropractor.com.